Well, welcome along to episode 54 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre, and joining me in the studio is, as always, my co-host, Charles Foster. Hello. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah I'm sound, yeah. Yeah, bit cold. Yeah, bit just, cold, bit fresh outside, isn't just, it? Just walked down from Horsford Station, yeah, so, so it's a bit bleak. <laughs> yeah, got Storm Chiara, Storm Dennis coming up this weekend. It's awful weather, absolutely freezing. I was at Fazer Celtic last night, I was... Bitterly cold. Yeah, I was shivering, absolutely it, shivering. How it is in lower league grounds, and it's always cold. It, it could be in July, you'd be cold. Yeah, global warming though. Hate it, hate it. Uh, Climate change, technically, mate. <laughs> if we're going technical on that one. Uh, also joining us in the studio is a good friend of ours. It is Leeds United fan Clark Bradley. Hello, Clark. Hello, how you doing? Yeah, how are you? I'm not too bad. Almost got swept away this morning, but yeah, who didn't? Who did not? It's been absolutely dreadful weather. Uh, it's been a plenty a week of plenty of ups and downs. Leeds United, really. Of course, we're uh, coming up in the show. We'll be discussing uh, last Saturday's game, which saw Leeds United lose 2 0 to Nottingham Forest away at the City Ground. Uh, before discussing Leeds United's 1 0 draw with Brentford on Tuesday night away at Griffin Park, and we'll also see how the Leeds United under 23s and under 18s have got on this week. And we'll also look at some news that has come out of Road this week as well before looking ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Bristol City at Ellen Road on Saturday. This is the All Things Leeds podcast. So uh, let's just brush over last Saturday's game first. Leeds United, of course, losing 2-0. Yeah, just brush over it. Oh. Of course, Leeds United losing 2-0 uh, to Nottingham Forest away at the City Ground. Charles, this was just awful, wasn't it? Just awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the team that lost at Wigan t- didn't make appear to make any performance changes for yeah. the team that lost it. Yeah, of course, Forest. an unchanged lineup. I mean, I don't know how you don't make any changes to a team that's just lost 1-0 to Wigan at home. Plenty of people were pretty upset. Pretty disappointed, pretty surprised with the lineup, uh, Clark. Were, were you surprised that he left it unchanged? Were you happy with it being unchanged? I wasn't surprised. We should have made changes, but obviously just got outplayed massively. Yeah, yeah. Not in the forest, but definitely the better team throughout the entire game. They the, the bullied us at times, really, didn't they? Not in the forest, really did bully Leeds at times. Of course, Forest took the lead on 31 minutes through Sammy Amiobi beating Kiko here at his near post to make it one nil. Nice finish, but it, it shouldn't have gone in. Dreadful defending and, and dreadful goalkeeping, Charles. Yeah, another goalkeeping error. And, and there's another one after that which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, so of course we move on to Casillas' horror show against Brentford. Very clear that there's a, a weak link there yeah. that needs addressing. And I, I don't say that as a kind of indictment on Casillas, but if you're performing badly, you get replaced. You don't tend to swap out goalkeepers very often, even if they are performing really badly. Yeah. But he really does need to be dropped. Yeah, I'm I mean... Not, I'm not even, I mean... I'm not one of these people that's like Chuck like Capril in or something. <laughs> we can have Meslier in for a few games, can't we? Just yeah, just to try it out. Yeah, I feel like he will make fewer defensive errors. Yeah, because Clark, errors, I mean, because Clark, of course, Meslier played fantastic against Arsenal. Premier League side, his distribution was superb. Surely it's worth chucking Meslier in. He can ping the ball wherever you want him to ping it, and he seems like a very good shot stopper. He's yeah. got like three meter long arms, so he can get to any ball. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He, he's really tall. He's a really good goalkeeper, as Mesley. And I chuck him in because Keiko said, "What is up with him at him at the minute?" Because the goal that he conceded on Saturday, he conceded a goal pretty much the exact same at his front post just a couple of weeks ago in that uh, two 0 loss at home to Sheffield Wednesday, didn't he? There's no excuse for professional goalkeepers letting in shots at the near post. They just isn't. <laughs> they just isn't, especially when you're on the money he's on. He's on like thirty grand a week, and he's letting in. Howler after howler after howler, yeah. and we're not 
we're so through because it's basically like every team we play has a one goal advantage against us because he is going to you know screw it up at some point he's going he's to make yeah. a mistake well he cost us promotion last season didn't he did Casilla him and Liam Cooper yeah, he could cost us again because he's conceding you know stupid goals and you know him conceding at the front post as you said there's no there's no excuse you teach at kids level you, you be strong you and you cover your near post cover your near post, yeah. cover your near post and if it, if it goes to the far post then it's a good finish for the striker just cover your near post it, it's awful goalkeeping and yeah, it is quite worrying, but yeah, Forest they fully deserve a lead. They were uh, all over us. Uh, of course, one 0 to Forest at half time. Leeds created barely anything, just a few shots here and there. I remember Alioski uh, shot just wide uh, midway through that first half. Uh, second half, I think you know, Leeds played alright, but still not great. We had over possession, but just didn't do anything with it. We had seventy one percent possession uh, overall in the game, made four hundred eighty nine passes compared to Forest two hundred twelve passes, fifty eight percent pass accuracy. You know, we just keep possession, but we just don't do anything with it, Clark. We it it's a story this season and parts of last season as well. We've got so much of the ball. And we play really, really good football, but it unfortunately just isn't winning football at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like we're repeating ourselves from last season, doesn't it? It just feels like they don't know where the net is. Yeah, they can play really well, but not score. Yeah, it, it is quite quite uh, worrying really uh, Leeds we should have been 2-0 down when Lewis Grabbin shot was saved by Casilla Casilla was just lying down didn't really save it ball just hit him <laughs> I don't know I don't know how Grabbin did it score here no, that was just very weird <laughs> yeah it's the best save Kiko's made in the last <laughs> few games and it was completely accidental yeah, I mean I don't know how Grabbin didn't score we should have definitely been 2-0 down there uh, but Leeds we came close to an equaliser uh, later on Liam Cooper uh, free header uh, was saved uh, free header from a corner was saved he should have scored that shouldn't he Charles Liam Cooper, he's three in the box, three header, five yards out. How are you not scoring? He had one against Wigan where it was similar. It was just three header. I mean, you can say it's a good save because it it, it did go down the goal line tech eventually. Yeah. Uh, but, like, come on, it's a three header. Three header, five three yards out. It should go in the net. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you're, like, eight or nine yards out, three headers should go in the net. Or yeah. at least force a very good save. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Patrick Bamford, who had another poor game, really. Patrick Bamford, I, I don't know what was up with him. Patrick Bamford, a Forest fan, so maybe he was playing poor on purpose, I don't know. Uh, but Patrick Bamford, he had another poor game, was finally subbed off on 71 minutes uh, for new striker Jean-Kevin Augustine, who made his debut. Uh, Clark, thoughts on the 22-year-old Frenchman? Big Kev. I feel like he's really funny, and I've not seen nothing play yet. I feel like he couldn't finish. Hopefully, yeah. That's the one thing we need. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I thought he played okay against Forest Charles. I mean, you know, he, he seemed to be in the right areas, making all the right runs, more than Bamford was doing, at least. Yeah, um, we'll see about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much time he's going to get. I mean, obviously in the Brentford game as well, he came off the bench in that seventy-fifth minute. So Bielsa's really persistent with Bamford. I mean, for such long periods. Yeah. And he's not really producing much. And going about his all but play, and he's. Much better. I think he's better than Augustine at all that play. But there's, I think, I think we just we just need a shake up for the season. We've had so many poor results recently. Why would you not just shake things up? Yeah, go two up top. Go two up top. Play play Shackleton more. Dallas at left back over Alioski. You know, just just try some new stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe give Pervader a bit of time off the bench. I mean, obviously we we don't know. There are a bit unknown quantities at the moment. Uh, Augustine and Pervader, but you don't make January signings for a laugh, do you? <laughs> Exactly. Other teams made made signings and we they go straight past. Yeah, we, we, I mean, yeah, some of our signings have been funny in the past, but not not funny in the way you'd want. Yeah, I mean, other, other teams when they sign a new player, they go straight in, don't they? But just just not here. And you know, we just need to shake things up, surprise the team because we do seem to be too predictable. Exactly. We, you just, know, they know who we're going to play. Just mix it up. Yeah, just mix up, surprise the team, and and, and just go at them. Never I feel. underestimate the value 
value of being unexpected in the championship because most teams cannot handle it. Most yeah. management, opposition management can't handle the smallest amount of change. Yeah. If, you, if you change them up and do, and do something new, a new set piece or a new, a new move or a new kind of method of playing even even tiny like tweaks here and there you'll 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 turn somebody over definitely yeah Cause, absolutely because this league is full of awful teams <laughs> and we just happen to be one of those awful teams at the moment yeah uh but Leeds, of course couldn't find an equalizer in this game we went to no down and added time jack harrison lost the ball on the halfway line to joe lowley uh, it was a two-on-one situation joe lowley squared it to tyler walker and forest went two nil up and yeah, Tina lost just, just woeful, really, just woeful. And the players looked distraught as well. Luke Kaling's post-match interview on LUTV, he looked absolutely shocked, didn't he? Yeah, he looked well, he's like he'd, he'd had enough. I mean, which <laughs> the rest of us kind of have as well, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some issues that need addressing in the yeah. team. I did like the interview, though, because, you know, you saw the raw of emotion of Luke Kaling, didn't yeah, you, class? You can see the care. You can see that there is issues there. I mean, yeah. you could see... Um, I know we're going to go on to talk about it, but when we went 1-0 down uh, on Tuesday night, Dallas actually knows it's going to happen before it happens. If you watch the video, he, he's already got hands on head before. Well, I, think, I think everyone knows what happens when yeah. Kiko Kseid loses the ball. Uh, but yeah, 2-0 loss to, to Forrester. After the weekend revol- results, we uh, went level on points with Fulham, who were in third. And I, I wasn't confident going into Tuesday night's game. Uh, I must admit, I was not confident with you, Clark. I'm not confident going into any game. <laughs> Never have been watching Leeds, yeah. especially down in London. Yeah, absolutely. Down in London, away at Brentford, where they haven't won for 70 years. So, yeah, I, I don't think anyone was confident. I don't think anyone was expecting much. And I think everyone would have been happy with a point, And that's what we got. Uh, of course, let's move on to choosing that game. Uh, Leeds United drawing one all with Brentford away at Griffin Park. Now, I, I wasn't able to watch it because it was uh, freezing my balls for Fazzy Celtic, as I said. Uh, Fazzy Celtic lost 1 0 at home to Kidderminster Harriers, so the less said about that, the better. But it seemed that Leeds United put in a good performance here, Charles. <laughs> the turn of surprise there, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we seemed like we did play well. Obviously, I couldn't watch it either because I'd have Sky, so. Mine was, I would just guess watching the highlights and getting annoyed on Twitter for me. Uh, Clark, of course you watched it, Dale. Uh, did, did we play well? Did we play as good as people are saying we did? Yeah, we actually played really well. We looked absolutely solid in defence. Um, I think kind of Dallas might be the key to that. Cause he somehow is the best left-back in the Championship yeah. without being a left-back. Click had a really good game spreading the ball about. Can't really share what I shouted at the TV at that <laughs> Kiko mishap. We'll yeah. call it. Um, but I, th- I think that we look more solid, though, because Calvin Phillips was in. Because, of course, Marcel Bielsa just made one change. Calvin Phillips straight back in from his three-match suspension. Uh, Stuart Dallas, as we say, moved to left-back. A lot of fans wanted Casilla dropped and Bamford dropped. Some weren't happy. Uh, but Calvin Phillips straight back in. Of course, he is going to go straight back in. He's vital to the team. And I think that with him there, you know, we had we had that protection in front of the defence. And we had, you know, we, we were able to allow Click, uh, Matthaus Click and Pablo Hernandez and, and the rest to... You know, have free room really in midfield, didn't we? Yeah, we seem more solid, seem much better. But you know, it's Calvin's fault it wasn't in the team. That stupid yeah. tackle against QPR. I mean, yeah. You've got to say that. You just hope he's learnt from 89th it. 89th minute red red card challenge. Like, what is that about? Yeah. A game we were already going to lose. Yeah, you just yeah. hope he's learnt from that. Really. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. but now he's back, and if he's keep putting in good performances like that, because he he probably was him or. Click probably probably click be man of the match, but Calvin was very close. Yeah. Very I mean, we bossed the midfields really, didn't we? From from what from what what I hear. We yeah, we kind of stifled their front three as well because obviously they've got one of the most dangerous front threes in the championship. It's they've got a really good team, De Redford, a really good, well balanced team. Ben Ram was probably the best player in the league. as yeah. well. 
of course, Ben Ram scored in this game. Uh, Key Cooksey, mistake, 25 minutes. Key Cooksey, back pass, just let the ball run past him, and then he fell over. Reminded me of, of uh, Stephen Gerrard falling over. It was that kind of falling over, wasn't it? Gerrard he, slipped. He, 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 could, he couldn't control it, <laughs> lost the ball, and then just slipped straight away. Yeah, and uh, Ben Rama with with a tap in to make it 1-0 to Brentford, just... Just shocking and, uh, shocking, you know, Casilla, yeah. he, he just looks so short on confidence at the moment. And if there's any player who looks like he needs some time away from the starting eleven, it's surely Kiko Casilla, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and he, he, does, he does need to be trapped. I'm not saying that as a reactionary thing um, because he's made a, one mistake. He has made, I got this on LB, LUFC um, data earlier, five errors leading to goals in, in our last 11 games. Yeah. So that's... That, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, he looks so short on confidence, and it looks like he's got a lot on his mind. I mean, of course, he's got this uh, alleged uh, racism uh, ban uh, from the FA you can't pin looming over his head. On a looming racism, he's <laughs> <laughs> it, just not playing well. Sometimes yeah. there isn't a overarching, you know, all-encompassing reason. Sometimes play, players just do go through patches of being out of form. And he is out of form. Yeah. And what you should do with out of form players is drop them. Yeah. I, th- I think we all can agree that, that he needs to be dropped. Uh, some people are saying that he's finished at Leeds. Clark, would you f- say that he's finished at Leeds? Uh, I don't actually think he's far off, to be fair. I, I just really like a goalkeeper that's got some control over his extremities. Yeah. Like someone that, whether it's your feet or your hands, Meslier seems like he's got that. He, after watching the Arsenal game, he seems like he could step into. <laughs> His extremities are a different postcode, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he does still have control over them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that that goal was just really disappointing to concede in that manner. And the fact that we were playing so well as well, it just seemed like all the hard work had just gone to waste, really. It was just so disappointing. But as I say, Leeds were playing really well, controlled midfield, created chances. It it just felt as though we we were somewhat back at our best. We weren't at our best, but we we were getting there, really, because... We were playing really well against a really good Brentford side away at Brentford as well. Uh, but, of course, we equalised on 38 minutes from a corner as well, from a corner. Uh, David Raya dropped the ball and Liam Cooper tapped home to make it one all. Liam Cooper's first goal of the season. The, yeah, it was. There was also a foul on that goal. Uh, ben White does push the keeper. Does he? If you watch the goal back, he more, yeah. He more pushes one of their players in front of the keeper and the keeper has to get over Yeah, but that's a foul. <laughs> he, chucks, he basically chucks a player in front of the, their keeper. So the keeper's kind of like stumbling and Cooper just obviously punts it in the top corner. So good yeah. finish though. Yeah, good finish. Um, First goal of the season for Liam Cooper as well. He didn't He didn't care. <laughs> no, he just, he just ran back, didn't he? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even celebrate it. I think like, that he wanted to win Cameron the game, Phillips really. runs over to celebrate the goal, and he's like, nah, we're going back to the halfway line. <laughs> we're winning this game. Uh, but, we, you know, we deserve the equaliser, though, didn't we, Clark? We, we did deserve it. Yeah, the the amount of attacking force we had, we didn't really create any clear-cut chances, but that was... One of the issues was the balls into the box. Like, we're doing... We're getting really nice diagonal balls over to Jack Harrison on the left from Ben White. And it was going all the way over. He'd take an amazing first touch, and then he'd do things after which weren't so good. Yeah, just a final um, ball, just just not coming off really at times. But you know, we deserve a equaliser. Won all at half time, of course. It was end to end in the second half. It sounded like it seemed like a really really entertaining game. Um, but one all was the ha- was the uh, full time score. Uh, Clark, would you say that that was a, a fair result? Uh, I'd more pick up on that you're saying it's an entertaining game. I, an entertaining game for me would be us winning 7 0. <laughs> entertaining care. for the neutrals, at least, because it was end to end. I couldn't really care less about the neutrals, <laughs> <in fairness. laughs> um, But I, I, I don't think it was a fair result. I think we should have won that, yeah. quite simply. If we had a goalkeeper that could actually use 
his brain and his feet in conjunction, we might have. How I can't, I've seen it back a number of times. Like I don't know how he lets the ball just go past him. But how does he slip as well? It's not that, the slip doesn't bother me. It's the fact he's looking at a ball rolling towards him and he lets it just go past him. And this is a guy, 33 years old, played for Real Madrid. He's a professional goalkeeper. Oh. Yeah, he should he should be doing better. Now, the fact of the matter is that mistake cost us two points in the end. That mistake did cost us he's, two points. His mistakes have cost us a lot of points. It's cost us points against Wednesday. It's cost us points against Charlton away. As many times a season where I've thought that is a goalkeeping mistake, not a good finish. Yeah, but I still think that, you know, this point, though, for us, is still a you know vital, you know, very good point. Cause, In our playoff push. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all know Lee's is poor form away, away at uh, Brentford. Not won there since 26th of August 1950. For 17 years, we haven't won there. You know, to go away to a very good team in Brentford and, and play like that and get a point, I just think it's brilliant. It's a big, much-needed point. It just seems to have lifted everyone. Is it just Fulham we've got to play now in the top six? Or have we got to play anybody else? Because we've got Fulham it's at home. It's just Fulham. Is it just Fulham? Oh, just Fulham got... in the current top six. Yeah. So we've, we've played... I think other teams have got some difficult games coming up as well. Yeah. I think Brentford have got some difficult games coming up. We have quite a lot... Our end of our season's fa- <laughs> we've got some fairly... Well, not... I want to say easy, easier games than, than top six games, but we'll we lost, we lost to Wigan, so I don't know what we're going to do about that. But we don't have to, we've only got uh, Fulham at home. And once that's out of the way, I think we're playing in like mid-March or something. And then, we're, then we're done towards the end of the season. Yeah. Then we've got a fairly easy run. We will that, be done towards the end of yeah, the season. Yeah, we always are. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that point, though, it just seems to have lifted everyone. Do you, do you think it's a turning point, Clark, for us now? You know, good point away at Brentford. Now we've got a fairly easy run until the end of the season. Do you think this is a turning point? Hopefully. Hopefully we can follow this up with a big win against small man... Lee Johnson's Bristol City. We always beat Bristol City, though. That's the weird thing. They, yeah. We are their bogey side. Yeah, we are. Just like Wigan are ours. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, Millwall. Millwall are our bogey side. They always turn up against us. I, d- I don't want to back Millwall for tonight, but I've kind of got to. I feel <laughs> bad doing that. Have, yeah, you, you feel like you need a shower, don't you, back in Millwall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, disinfect me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but cheers, night point does, of course, keep Lee United in the top two for now, though. We're three points behind. Championship League leaders West Brom, uh, but they have a game in they have a game in hand. They travel to Reading tonight. Of course, one point above Fulham in third, but Fulham also have a game in hand. They take on Millwall away from home tonight, so they could go above us, as what? you say, Charles. They could go above us, and we could drop out. West top Brom two. got a game in hand as well. Yeah, like I just a, mentioned that. They, yeah, I think they could go like is it seven points clear of us. Something like that. They win tonight. The three points clear of us now. Four. No, three points. Three so points six, d- right. d- to go six points clear to win the game in hand. Playing Reading away. Um, yeah, Reading have had some good results at home this season. You never know. But yeah, you never know. Not. Charlie Austin will probably bang three past them while I get annoyed <laughs> on, on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fulham play Millwall away tonight in their game in hand. So they could go above us. We could drop out the top two. But I just think let's just forget about that. Let's just enjoy it, enjoy the ride, and see what happens. Because I think you know Brentford. Enjoy the ride. I can't. No, well, <laughs> no, but I think that Brentford. You know, none of us were hopeful going into that, but that result is just. I think it's opened our eyes, and you we know, still didn't win there. Yeah, we, but, we need to win some I know, games. But I still think it's given us a bit of a boost, a bit of, you know confidence. You know, there's 15 games left, 45 points to play for. A couple of home games. A lot can there. happen. You know, a lot can happen. 15 games left, 45 points. A lot can happen. It stopped Rodriguez tweeting, so. <laughs> that's a good thing. Oh, that I was guess. so frustrating. 
Why is he on Twitter? <laughs> he just needs to delete Twitter, doesn't yeah, he? They, all, all the players and him need to delete all social media, apart from Big Kev. He can keep his. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ravazani does tweets after the voice game. Does, does just up gets a bit. too wound up. Yeah. Clearly just gets too wound up. And not Victor Otto wound up where you can kind of understand it. Just <laughs> trying a TV. Kind of like small man syndrome wound up where he just gets really, really frustrated yeah. and angry with fans for for being angry at poor performances. Yeah. He just needs to get off Twitter, Ravazani. Please just get off Twitter, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 15 games left. A lot can happen. I'd just say keep the faith. Just keep the faith. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. That implies that none of us have any faith. We, we have faith. I do. I'm confident I, after that point. I am confident. The thing is about faith and, and belief, mate, it requires a bit of give and take. <laughs> Players need to give us something for us to give them something. Yeah. That's how, that's how, that's how supporting a football club works. <laughs> I mean, Leeds are very patient fans, mate, but I say very patient fans. <laughs> I can't barely say that with a straight not, face. Not with referees. Reasonably patient fans, and we just need a bit of rewarding. And, yeah, that was a good point last night, but we went to win. I've got a couple of home games now against some fairly average teams. Yeah. And one of them's managed by Lee Johnson, so <laughs> I would like six points. Yeah. If that's not too much to ask from, yeah. the, from the lads. Of course, we'll... Uh... I have faith. I, I won't be there personally, because I'm going on holiday, but... I want them to do well anyway, yeah. and I will be watching highlights. Yeah. I'm getting angry at Kiko Vizcasi <laughs> letting in another Naples shot. <laughs> of course, we'll look ahead to Saturday's game at home against Bristol City later on in the show. Uh, but now let's move on to the uh, Leeds United under-23s, who have played two games since we last recorded this podcast. Uh, last Friday night, they faced Derby County in the group stages of the Premier League Cup. Uh, the game was played at Bootham Crescent, the home of York City. Uh, you had the likes of Ellie Caprile, Barry Douglas, Cameron Phillips, Sean Kevin Augustine. Playing, it was good to see them get a run out. Charles, you were there. Were you, were you impressed with any of them? Yeah, Caprill was quite good. His distribution isn't quite as good as Mesley's, and obviously he's, he's much shorter. He's kind of he looks a bit small to be a goalkeeper. To fair, he looks like only a bit taller than me. He is eighteen year old. Yeah, I think he's like, I think he's like five eleven though. So maybe, maybe possibly six foot. But he's not that big. Uh, yeah, the f- their first goal was a penalty, which wasn't a penalty. Calvin um, <laughs> Phillips was guarding the ball out from a from a whipped-in cross, and he kind of slightly nudged their player as he was running along, and it was given as a pen immediately, so, you know, the football league's corrupt, etc., etc. The second goal was the ball just got whipped in. Barry Douglas was playing somebody in Darlington onside. He was that far back. <laughs> and uh, they just they just headed it in, and it was 2-0. And our goal was, was kind of the only bit, only bit of good play, because the first half was fairly poor, the second half was much better. The only bit of good play... In the first half, was like a kind of a flowing move down the right, which got whipped in across goal, and Theo Hudson scored, and that was really good. He was quite good to watch. Yeah, Pervedi was was pretty good, pretty skillful, but he was a bit lightweight. He did get ease off the ball a bit, but you know he can work on that. Yeah, Augustine, seeing him in the flesh for the first time. Yeah, he, he? he didn't get much service. He only played the first half. He didn't get much service, but yeah, he's got some. He's quite he's a good technical player. He's really good on the turn, which is I know Bielsa is a very big fan of players on the turn. <laughs> Yeah, I quite enjoyed his movement. Yeah, but of course we did unfortunately end up losing 2-1. Yeah. But we did bounce back in the next game uh, on Monday afternoon. They uh, thrashed Bolton Wonders 4-1 at a four-parch thanks to goals from Niall Huggins and Liam McCarran in the first half and John Stevens and Bobby Kamwa in the second half. The under-23s have now gone nine league games unbeaten in the Professional Development League. Superb stuff. Superb stuff from Cal- Carlos Cobran's side. Yeah, <laughs> he was getting quite agitated at, at Derby County, but obviously um, <laughs> with, with a loss. But 
it's nice to see the under-23s continue doing well in the league. I think we do need some signings, though. If we were to you know, become a Tier 1 academy, we would need to make some, a few new signings because we tend to, when we're playing these kind of PL2 sides in cup competitions, we do get a bit bad. Yeah. Uh, but that's just the way it is. Uh, they've got more money, they've got better facilities. That's just how, it, it, not how it's done. But Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pleased to see him doing well in the league. I'm hopefully going to come to tier one. And I, I always like watching the youth sides. Because you, you kind of think in your head, oh, it'd be nice to spot the, the, new, the next one that's going to come through like he's some kind of scout. Even <laughs> in reality, you're just some, some I can't say what I was going to say, some guy watching the um, watching the youth teams play and you're um, enjoying yourself. But, but of you, course, these guys are the future of this football yeah, they club. Are the future so. of the club. I, I'm particularly impressed with um, McKinstry. I do like McKinstry. And I like Ernie uh, McCarron as well. Yeah, really good, kind of skillful. I think both Scottish as well, Scottish wingers. So <laughs> Scotland's like, got a bright future you, now. You, you'll, you'll like that one. There. I think especially McKinstry's got some really good footwork. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, that, he's in the under 18s, but obviously plays in the under 23s a bit as well. Yeah, uh, Leeds United under 18s, of course, were in action this week as well. Last Wednesday night, they unfortunately lost one nil to Manchester United in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. The game was played at Old Trafford. Around 1,500 Leeds fans travelled. Charles, you and I went. This was, you know, despite the result, this was a pretty good night. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't really care about the game. <clears throat> I went for the atmosphere and I enjoyed that. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, we were kind of mugging off their fans. And they had like, this little bit, like little patch of like a, a box of about 30 of them who were clearly their ultras. <laughs> who, who were, <laughs> the rest of them were all, like sat down like families and kids. There was like 30 of them like, like singing and that. Yeah, there was a bit of controversy, obviously, because of the um, the Munich chant, which I didn't take part in, and you didn't either. Yeah, there no. was about, only about twenty Leeds fans near the front who were just probably out, just really just being, being out of order. Yeah. It was out of order. Like it's all it's all fun and games, you know, taking the mick out of them, and you know, having to go at the fact that the stadium was empty for an under 18s game, which was pretty funny. Yeah, and um, obviously all the <laughs> shoes off if you at my new chance which are funny uh, that, and Sideshow Bob chance Sideshow Bob chance <laughs> that, that was just that was just, that was just pure bullying <laughs> bullying 16 year olds he's got a weird enough name anyway it's called Hannibal yeah we were just we, we were massively um, I, th- I think what was it um, McKinstry on at the end of the game absolutely like levelled him yeah like, in front of the away fans <laughs> like, yeah. just went, went, went in on him and picked up a yellow for it but yeah it was a really good day out Chris drove us down I met Chris who's been on podcast before uh, drove us down and drove us back and yeah it was nice we had a margarita sub in Subway <laughs> yeah it was good I mean 1500 Leeds fans packing out the away end and just singing from the first minute to the last it was a fantastic fantastic atmosphere of course we don't condone those uh, terrible chants about the Munich disaster if you don't like you know, Millwall fans chanting about Turkey don't chant about the Munich disaster That's, you know, just, it's, just it's just not just on same, it? it's not on it's just not acceptable but good night anyway fantastic and you know as well for, for you know for you know, for the players as well, you know, forgetting the result, it must have been a fantastic experience for the youngsters to play at Old Trafford, which is, you know, a world class stadium. We need to admit it, it's a world class stadium is Old Trafford. And they played there uh, and, and they had fifty and they had fifteen hundred Leeds fans in VOA and singing their hearts out. You know, it must have been a fantastic experience for them. Yeah, I particularly enjoyed uh our number nine, he, he had a really good day. And I think the the referee was massively card happy to send him off as well. Yeah. He was kind of um I mean, always prefer. did go in a, in, a, in one of their plays with his knee, <laughs> but yeah. But the first time he got booked, he shouldn't have got booked, so he should have been off. But yeah, the, the team played really well. I mean, as well as you can do, because they've obviously got much more money piled into the youth system than we yeah. do. 
and um, they went down literally every chance they got they went down particularly yeah. Sideshow Bob <laughs> who spent his entire night on the floor have you seen that comp- uh, that um, video of um, Sideshow Bob's best bits from that game <laughs> best bit seen in quotation marks it's him falling over for five minutes yeah it's just him <laughs> awful falling video falling under, under very mild pressure <laughs> he's like Jack Grealish but somehow with worse hair yeah he, was, he, he did remind me of Grealish it's like a five foot Fellaini it's like if, if, he, if he didn't just dive all over the place you'd be quite entertaining to watch because you're clearly he's clearly quite good at football he was their best player by far their best player I mean, he's he, worth five million pounds he, he got, he got man marked a bit though like Cresswell didn't really let him out of his sight whenever he crossed yeah. the halfway line of course, it was hard for us because we did go down to 10 men and striker got sent off. So that made it a lot more difficult to find the equaliser, but, mm. you know, wouldn't have lost. But who, who stood out for you, Charles, in that game? Because I thought defender Charlie Cresswell and Stuart McKinstry, I thought those guys were superb. Yeah, they were really good. Um, I, don't know who, I don't know who it was that played up front for us. He was really good. Was as it well. Camwa? It wasn't Camwa, no. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't playing. It was. It was, it was it Camwa? I don't know. I really remember sh- seeing on Twitter a few times. The, yeah, it, 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 it might have been, been Cameron. Anyway, I, re- I was quite impressed with him as well. Yeah, but McKinstry was was just particularly good because whenever he was on the ball, he, he just mugged them off. Yeah, he um, was our best player going forward. We weaved his way through three or four players every time. He was, he was really good. And it was just a shame that we couldn't finish off any yeah. any chance that we had. We had a we had like a one-on-one one on one in the first half where uh, we nicked the ball on the edge of the box and we, we tried to take it around the keeper. We, d- we didn't obviously get the shot on target we had a couple of like long range shots and a few corners and that which went a little bit close but you know they were re- let's be fair they were reasonably comfortable we we, we just defended quite well and then they scored yeah. off when we when we just couldn't get the, they were just pounding crossing after cross in the first half at one point and we just sorry, in the second half it's good we, edit, we, to be fair. it was a good edit but we just couldn't get it over we couldn't get it clear and then they just whipped it back in and we just couldn't do anything about it yeah, but yeah as I say we were just there for the atmosphere I yeah. enjoyed myself and and it was good to, to you know see the youngsters. Who I don't really you know I watch the in twenty threes a lot. I don't watch the in the eighteens a lot. No, so don't. it was good to see those playing. As I say, McKinstry was fantastic. Cresswell, I thought it was brilliant. I think he's got a future at Leeds as Cresswell. He, he, he's a really good defender. Well, he's tall, he's strong, and he's good on the ball. Like with the ball at his feet, he's not fast though. He's not. Fast. He's not fast, but he, you know he defended superbly. I, I thought it was fantastic. And yeah. Really of course, good. his dad used to play for Leeds, so. I think he's got a future. I think he'll look really, really good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really good night last Wednesday. Get, yeah, get me the first team. Yeah, <laughs> absolute beast. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we did lose last Wednesday night, but it was still a fantastic night. Anyway, really enjoyed myself there. Uh, well, let's move on to uh, some news now. And uh, Leeds United director of football Victor Orta and head of communications James Mooney were both given a one-game stadium ban uh, for misconduct relating to an incident that happened during the 3-2 win over Millwall Elm Road in January. Victor Orta was fined two thousand pounds, and James Mooney was also given a £700 fine. Uh, reports say that they confronted the referee at half-time. Now, we obviously don't condone that, but to be fair, Clark, you can't blame him for having gone to the referee for that Millwall game, because that referee was atrocious. Um, I feel like they're fully within the rights to do so, <laughs> as long as they're not like punching him or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, if you're telling the referee how to do his job correctly, then it's I mean, fine. We, we've all seen what Victor Orta did to that TV up in the um, executive area. If he was doing that to the ref, then there might be a bit yeah. of an issue. But if but they're just shouting at the referee and telling him how to do his job correctly, then... Yeah, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> It was such a poor performance from him oh as well. God. Yeah. I mean, you cannot blame him for having to go to the referee, I think. Because, you know, you, you kind of want to high-five Mooney and Alton for doing that, really. Because they did what 35,000 other fans in that ground wanted to do at that same time. They wanted, you know, everyone like else wanted, wanted to do to that. Worse, mate. They were already doing it. He was already getting loads of abuse. <laughs> But at least I'm, someone I'm, told him to his face. He finally gave us a corner, and the entire stadium was cheering. <laughs> like we had scored a goal. Why <laughs> <laughs> we scored a goal? Purely because he'd let so many go. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's just passion, really, isn't it? You know, when a referee's playing poor, you know, you haven't got the referee. It's just passion, you know. But you want the referee to do to do his job correctly, and he, there wasn't. Uh, so yeah, Victor Walter, James Rooney uh, were given um, given uh, one game stadium bans. They've already served those, but yeah, interesting story. You probably won't see that too often. A media manager get, getting a getting a stadium ban and a fine, but. Um, yeah, I mean, who can blame him for that? I wonder how much money. <laughs> I wonder how much money they're on though, because like, it's two two grand is not much for a professional footballer. But if you're only on like eighty grand, well, Victor Orta is by director of football, so he'll be on a lot. Yeah, yeah but I don't imagine James Mooney on a huge amount. Yeah, but seven hundred pounds. You know, I, I imagine. I imagine he's earning a lot more than us. <laughs> oh yeah, clearly. Probably. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but it's sick. <laughs> uh, but some, some interesting news there. Um, in other news, uh, we've got an injury update on midfielder Adam Forshaw. Uh, he will travel to Stedman Clinic in Colorado, United States, uh, to undergo hip surgery. Uh, he picked up the injury during Leeds' pre-season friendly at Caglery last summer and tried to overcome it without surgery, but he just hasn't, and he hasn't played since September. Uh, the decision comes after discussions between the club and various experts. The operation will unfortunately rule the 28-year-old out for the rest of the season. Charles, this is quite sad news, really. I think the club have been very idiotic on this. Yeah. I think the fact that he has been out for four months, four months, and they haven't, and no one's turned around and gone, should we just get the surgery for him, like two months ago, <laughs> and he'll be back for like March. Why don't we just do that? Yeah, exactly. But they're going, no, no, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. Yeah, but he's been out for four months. <laughs> yeah. It's like clearly somewhat going wrong there. Yeah. People, I mean, people with ACLs come back in six or seven. It's not that bad, is it? Yeah. As soon as, soon as he got it, as soon as he, like a few weeks ago by, he realised he wasn't going to get better. They should have got him the surgery and he could have been back for, you know, end of February, March time. And we, yeah. we could have used him in the running. Yeah, now absolutely. we can't use him in the running because of indecision. Yeah. And that, we don't really criticise the club that much, but that is... That yeah, is just, it is pretty stupid as well. It's a stupid decision to make. Yeah, and you have to ask as well, you know, if we knew that Forshaw would probably have to do surgery and be out, be out for a number of time, why didn't we bring in a replacement in the January transfer window? Because that's not the lead's way, really, is it? Because <laughs> we, we, we would have gone over the uh, either the loan... The amount of loan players you can have in a squad, or definitely gone over FFP if we'd have done that. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to stay in the boundaries, don't we? But I still think it... You know, Maybe should have looked for I a replacement. Think really. We should have just said, right, screw the boundaries. Let's just go buy six or seven players. Let's just win this league. Because <laughs> honestly, yeah, that would have been they, nice. Because you're in the Premier League, what are they going to do? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what Villa can did. Yeah, just bank, spend a lot of money and bank on going up with the teams. That. Do it all the time. Wolves, Wolves did it to a certain extent, and it works because this league is easy to buy. Yeah. Absolutely, um, but yeah, I, I'd agree with you. Pretty stupid from the club not to do the surgery earlier, and you know it, it's quite sad news because Adam Forshaw, you know, he's a good option. He did fantastic at the beginning of the season, and it would have been really good for the running. But now, now we won't, now we won't have him. He'll be very, you know, sadly missed. Really, um, I would have liked him. Him and Click are only proper kind of actual centre mids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean Forshaw's really good, but you know it's good that he's getting surgery. Good luck to Adam Forshaw. Hope he has a, a good a speedy recovery. Obviously, Calvin's more of a, a di- he's a, he is a DM. He's not. Really we yeah. play him in regular midfield. I mean, for sure, you could probably play him in regular midfield. For sure, would yeah. be Calvin Phillips' perfect replacement, really, if Calvin Phillips is out. I wouldn't say perfect. Uh, no, not that. perfect replacement, but he's, he's, he can play there. We know that he can play he, there. He just so. keeps it, he keeps it ticking over. But what's happened recently? Calvin Phillips' three game suspension. For sure, could have just been, have been chucked perfect, in there, yeah. and it would have been fine for those three games. Yeah. But yeah, good luck, Adam Forshaw for, for his recovery. Hopefully, he recovers fast and uh, very well as well. Uh, and finally, Leeds United have announced a season ticket price freeze for the 2020-21 season. Nine years in a row, there's been a price freeze. So, uh, Charles, this is great news. Yeah, it's good news, but it's still like. 
it's not like they're giving us it's not 50 quid it's like still a lot of money <laughs> yeah <laughs> near, like, near 400 quid for us <laughs> people going like, oh it's a great sort of prize but it's like yeah it's still like 400 quid it's not yeah. a lot of money yeah near 400 pounds for an 18 to 22 year old it's even more kid. if you if you're over 20 22 yeah we're, we're probably paying the highest prices in the championship really us or wednesday probably yeah i mean i know that premier league clubs charge less than us <laughs> yeah i mean huddersfield what do they charge like 200 quid yeah. then again you've got to go to huddersfield so uh, yeah that's that, that you, you pay a different price <laughs> what's worse about bad enough if you live there <laughs> what's worse about that is that it's nine years in a row there's been a ticket price freeze see when we were going through all those dark years those really awful you know when we had really awful yeah, teams we were paying premium prices yeah, for awful Bates, football Bates famously said you can charge these lot anything because they'll still come and that's true Oh, I, hate, I hate Ken Bates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, season ticket price freeze uh, for for the next season. So uh, yeah, great news. Good that they're not upping the prices even more because we're already playing paying ridiculous prices. But uh, yeah, good of a club to reward the uh, loyal fans. Really. Uh, now let's look ahead to United's next game. They take on Bristol City at Ellen Road this Saturday afternoon. It's a three pm kickoff. Uh, Charles thoughts going into Saturday's game. I hope we win. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fairly, I'm fairly confident because we've normally got a good record against Bristol City. Yeah. it's a home game. I mean, obviously, we've got some <laughs> Wigan. Yeah, trying to, I'm trying to ignore that in my. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to win. To be fair, I actually do think we're going to win. Yeah, but Bristol City though, they haven't had a decent season. They've played 31 league games, won 14, drawn eight. Lost nine to seventh in the league on fifty points, just six points behind us. I mean, they're well on course to finish their standard eight or ninth like they do every season because yeah. of how shrieky Lee Johnson is. <laughs> he can win seven games on a bounce, but then he will lose seven games on a bounce. He so he can't see anything above eighth, really, can he? No, because he, he's <laughs> see anything. That. <laughs> that's cool. That's a um, longer than I'd like. I'd like to admit that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but Bristol City, they did lose three one at home to Birmingham City last Friday night. Uh, but they do take on Derby County at home tonight, so we don't know the result going into this game at the weekend. They could win that. Derby County aren't doing too great this season. I, either. Draw, I don't want to see um, Derby win a game. <laughs> um, but before that, Birmingham lost, though. They had won six league games in a row. So, Clark, they're not a bad side. It's certainly going to be a tough game. I just saw in here that they've got Naki Wells, and now I'm <laughs> Revenge. Not very happy. Revenge Naki on Naki Wells, yeah. I hate him when he was at Huddersfield. I hate him when he was at QPR, and I still hate him now. Just stick Berardi on it. Always scores against us as Naki Wells. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I mean, time for revenge. Nike Wells, you did that thing a few weeks ago against QPR. Revenge. Uh, Bristol City's uh, characteristics on whoscored.com, as we've uh, been doing recently. Uh, so the strengths, they are very strong at attacking down the wings, are very strong at finishing scoring chances. Right. They're strong at creating chances using through balls and strong at stealing the ball from the opposition. Right. Uh, They've got a lot of weaknesses, though. So the week at the following, defending against long shots, protecting the lead, Stopping opponents from creating chances, aerial duels, avoiding individual levers, defending counter-attacks and defending set-pieces. It's good that they're bad at defending the lead because we're going to give them a goal to start off with. Yeah, we, they're, they're, <laughs> they're going to go 1-0 up at some point. Counter-attacks as well, we like to do that. Not really bothered about them being weak at defending set-pieces because we never score from set-pieces. Uh, Bristol City style of play, so they attempt through balls often, attack through the middle, attack down the right. They play long balls, playing in their own half, and they are non-aggressive. So, <laughs> I say non-aggressive as a football team. <laughs> take of that what you will. Come by our style of football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take of that what you will. Uh, but Leeds, of course, drew uh, win all at Brentford in, in the last game, so we'll be full of confidence from that good point. Really, just need to build on that, focus on ourselves, and do what we need to do. Um, as you've said, Charles, Leeds have a fantastic record against Bristol City. We've only lost one of the last fifteen meetings with them. We always, we always beat them. <laughs> No matter how badly we're playing, I remember in the 
Christiansen season. We were like on a horrendous run of form, and then we went to Ashton Gate, won three nil, <laughs> and then Brady got sent off for nutting somebody, but that happened quite oh, a lot. Well. Yeah. But we, we can always, do that again this game if we want. <laughs> yeah. But we always do fantastic against Bristol. As I say, one loss in the last fifteen meetings, two draws, and 12, 12 wins. There, phenomenal record. Uh, of course, we did the double. Over them last season, we of course beat them three one away in the opening game of the season back in August. Will we do the double over them here uh, again this season? Will we do the double score prediction, Charles? Two one leads. Two one leads, Clark. I'm going two 0 leads. It's not on Sky, is it? No. Uh, I was going to watch it down in London, but if it's not on Sky, then I guess I won't. <laughs> I'm going to go three one Leeds United. I reckon we'll go behind, but then oh, we'll... I don't want to... I'm sick of going 1-0 <coughs> down, mate. So you, we're going to be starting back. We need to. We need to give him a goal advantage. We need to. We, we know this now. We need to. Um, other games to watch out for Maybe this... Unchanged. Other games to watch out for this weekend. Uh, West Brom take on Nottingham Forest uh, at West Brom. Uh, you've also uh, got Brentford there taking on Birmingham City away. Fulham are at home to Barnsley. And uh, the rest of them don't... don't it might, is, it, is it our interest for West Brom to actually beat Forest, though? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I don't, yeah. I don't care about going top in the slightest. Yeah, as long as we go up in the top two, I'm, I'm yeah. fine. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully West Brom beat Nottingham Forest there. Uh, yeah, Brentford away at Birmingham, that could be tough for them. And uh, Fulham at home to Barnsley, Fulham will probably win that one. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully Leeds United do pick up uh, the win uh, this weekend. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of episode fi- uh, 54 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me in the studio. No worries, mate. And uh, thank you very much, as always, to Clark for joining us as well. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, good to have you. And uh, thanks uh, to everyone as well who has uh, listened or watched. We really do appreciate it. If you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or Give follow the message. podcast? Uh, give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Share the podcast around as well. Uh, make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media when Facebook, Twitter and Instagram search Poor Things Leads on <laughs> Facebook search Poor Things Leads 1 on Twitter and Instagram subscribe to the YouTube channel as well uh, search All Things Leads on there uh, follow Clark Bradley as well on Twitter what's your handle? at C underscore Lark Bradley and Charles what's your Twitter handle because you've got a new one haven't you? I did get a new one because I was I followed too many people and I was just seeing bad stuff on my timeline <laughs> all the time uh, at cynical underscore leads and uh, as I say at all things leads one. Uh, Charles and I will be back uh, next week, uh, but for now, take care and we'll speak soon. Yeah.